The New Orleans Saints look to have finally gotten things right with Zach Vaughn, and he's impressing in his expanding role. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Asian and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow always for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked on Saints insider today by simply texting HUDAT to 504-285-7473. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. In today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the easiest and most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. Head over to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL today and enter the promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase to get a first deposit match up to $100. We got a quick bonus episode for you here, our second episode on this Monday, technically, you know, with the Sunday post game show, all that good stuff. Make sure you go back, check out the live show, the immediate reactions, the breakdowns, all that stuff. Today, we're going to hit two segments here. We're going to take a look at what we didn't like about the New Orleans Saints win against the Carolina Panthers. And we're going to take a look at what we did like about the New Orleans Saints win against the Carolina Panthers. And I'll give you some of the tidbits, nuggets, things like that that we picked up from uh, Pete Werner, Lynn Bowden, as well as uh, Lynn Bowden, excuse me, as well as, of course, uh, Dennis Allen and their pressers here on this Monday on the day after. So let's get things started off with what we liked uh, in this game, leading off with the New Orleans Saints have finally figured out how to use Zach Bond, and it's working. That That's that's where I want to lead off. The New Orleans Saints drafted Zach Bond back in 2020 in the third round. Many considered him as a first-round prospect, ended up dropping in the third round. The Saints loved him going into that draft. They greet him in the third round. But this is a guy in his rookie year, or excuse me, his, his, his senior year, his last year in college at Wisconsin, who had 12 and a half sacks. 19 and a half tackles for a loss. He was a guy that was wreaking havoc for quarterbacks and opposing players in backfields. That's what his role was. The Saints, and remember, this wasn't a, a Dennis Allen-led New Orleans Saints team. This was a Sean Payton-led Saints team at this time. Got all excited about moving him to off-ball linebacker, and in doing so, took him entirely out of the game that he should have been playing for the past three seasons and 11 games, right? Up until here recently, up against the Detroit Lions, he saw nine pass rushing snaps, which tied his career high uh, from the earlier part, part of the season against Jacksonville. In the game yesterday, in the win against the Carolina Panthers, he had 24 pass rushing snaps. 24. And around 16 of those came on third downs or fourth downs. So they really trusted him in those sub package, get after the quarterback, go and disrupt type of uh, roles or, or, or with those level, those types of responsibilities. And it worked. He, had, uh, he didn't have a sack in this game, but he had a pressure and he had a hit. And in both circumstances, he forced either an errant throw on a fourth down, which ended up being a turnover on downs because Bryce Young just kind of launched it in between three Saints defenders and came up 
nearly 10 yards short of the receiver that he was targeting on that play. And then at another point in the red zone, forced on third down, a throwaway, which led to a field goal. And that was also, by the way, a drive that got set in place because Paulson Adebo made a tackle at like the one yard line. And then the Saints eventually got a sack, got that third down stop and forced a field goal. That's why you never give up. That's why you defend every blade of grass. That's why you make them snap it again. That's why you do that. So I loved seeing that from Zach Bond. And I just like seeing the way that things are going for him so far since the New Orleans Saints have kind of elevated his role as a pass rusher. And there's a couple of things that have led to that. You know, the injuries along the defensive line have certainly factored in. Peyton Turner has been on injury reserve. Maybe he comes back in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. Uh, Isaiah Foskey hasn't been able to get back out on the field. He's been dealing with that quadriceps injury, which he re-aggravated, was again inactive against the Carolina Panthers. Cam Jordan played a very reduced role in this game while he's managing his injury as well. Thankfully, he hasn't had to he hasn't had to miss a game yet, but he's had a reduced role. And a guy like Zach Bond's been able to come in, particularly in those sort of, you know, oaky fronts to where you see the three down linemen, a, a Zach Bond on the outside, two linebackers up the middle and a safety on the other side. Some drop in the coverage, some rush the passer. Zach Bond has rushed the passer and he has impressed in doing so. Let's not forget that he also had a sack last week. But one of the things that Dennis Allen ended up highlighting was that not only is it his impressing in the role, not only is it the injuries or are, it the, are the injuries that have been happening at the position giving him the increased opportunity, but also the Saints have felt comfortable giving him that because of how well Nephi Sewell, number 45, the young kid out of Utah, who was an undrafted free agent just about a year ago and has kind of built up his role. He was the guy that stepped in in place of Pete Werner last week against the Lions, played well in that game. Because he's performed so well, the Saints have felt good about taking Zach Bond and saying, okay, go work with the defensive line. I couldn't say it during the week, but I can say it now. The, Zach Bond was working with the defensive line for a portion of last week's practice. And so like that's a that's that's pretty significant that like your your guy Nephi Sewell that's come in here and has kind of made such an impression that you're able to now get the right impression of a Zach Bond who's effectively struggled in this system. He's given up uh in 2021, 22 and 23 the uh highest uh or or best uh passer rating to opposing quarterbacks in coverage. He's combined allowing only, I think it's an 80 or not allowing, but surrendering an 84.6% completion percentage when targeted since his rookie year, easily cumulative, the highest out of the position group. That's pretty big. And so now being able to see him not have to struggle through that role and instead be able to do the thing that comes so naturally to him, which is rush the passer and be an impact when it comes to those mobile quarterbacks. Bryce Young rushed three times for 40 yards. Two of those rushes came with Zach Bond on the field. One of them was a 21-yard rush, which went to the opposite side of the field. The other was merely an eight-yard gain where he actually helped track him down along with uh, a couple of other defenders. So you can see the impact that a guy like Zach Bond has, forcing throwaways, getting sacks like he did last week, limiting a little bit in terms of those, ru those running quarterbacks coming his way. He's had a positive impact, and it's big. So we'll see. We'll see how much he gets to continue to do it. But according to Dennis Allen in today's presser, um, with Nephi Sewell stepping up, he feels very comfortable having Zach Bond take that role. And he feels very comfortable uh, with Zach Bond continuing as a pass rusher because of what he's done uh, so far as well. Um, I want to highlight the three rookies that played in this game as well as something else that we liked from this game. A.T. Perry, um, well, you know, wide receiver, had the big 44-yard catch, big moment for him. Uh, you saw Jordan Howden play remarkably well in this game coverage downfield but also in the run game had a sack which, which was also the fumble that uh was recovered by pete werner midair 
And then you had the pass breakup in the back of the end zone where he didn't panic. And as a rookie, you see a lot of panicking for rookies around the NFL, not Jordan Howden. Great work by him. And then you also saw um, Brian Brzee with seven pressures in this game, most among all rookies at his position uh, this week. So uh, outstanding stuff from all the rookies. And then Lynn Bowden was another guy that I thought was really impressive. They the, the first snap that he had this game, they motioned him into the backfield. He was a lead blocker on that rep, a very good rush rep and a very good opening drive on the ground game. And he was a big part of that, but also almost housed the screen, uh, was just having a great time out there, ended up ripping the ball out of a Carolina Panthers player's hands after a play, pretending like the play was still going. Like the guy just loves the game of football. And he called Louisiana. He I asked him today, how have you felt about New Orleans as a destination? And he said, it's home. He loves being here in New Orleans. And he certainly looks like it when he's out on the playing field, uh, you know, handled primary return duties and everything like that, too. I mean, it's it's just really cool to see a guy who's bounced around, had, you know, met some adversity while he was with the Raiders, got traded his rookie season, which rarely happens, goes to Miami, doesn't really get to do much there, bounces around a little bit, then finds his way here to New Orleans and just looks to fit right in uh, in the locker room, fit right into the game plan. And now you can see all the different ways that um, that he contributes. And, and just so you know, I asked him, if you're asked to run the zone read, the read option, or even throw a pass in this offense, if Taysom Hill's absence is extended, is that something that you still feel like you can do? I say still because that's what he did when he was at Kentucky. He did a lot of this kind of stuff, natural position as a running back, but also spent time at wide receiver, spent time at quarterback for Kentucky. He said, yeah, man, I dream of doing that stuff. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe the New Orleans Saints get him a little bit involved there. All right, coming up next, let's flip the page. What did we not like, starting with, of course, the Derek Carr and Eric McCoy exchange? I don't want to make too big a deal out of it, but saying that it's not a big deal is just a little little disingenuous. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. I'm literally recording this right now while a DoorDash order is on the way. Actually, it is arriving very soon. I got myself some pho on the way. It's colder here in New Orleans than it usually is. So it's nice to be able to just dial up rolls and bowls and then get something to show up at the front doorstep so I can warm up a little bit. All right, I'm not conditioned for this cold weather. So DoorDash is helping me get through. DoorDash can help you get through as well, whether it's planning for your tailgate, whether it's ordering for your Monday night football game or whatever it is that you're doing, go and check them out. Visit DoorDash today. And I'm going to help you out because first time users, you're going to get a 50% discount up to $10 when you spend $15 or more on your first order by entering, by downloading the DoorDash app and entering the promo code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more over at DoorDash. And then all you need to do is download the DoorDash app into that promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, the easiest and without a doubt most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You can get in on the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, whatever it is that you're into. They got golf, auto racing, and so much more as well. Basically, what they're going to do is they're going to hit you up with some projections. You take two to six players, choose whether or not those players are going to come out at more or less than the projections. You get those right, you can win up to 25 times your money back. You can also play against some of the great folks that uh, you know are, are, are big names in the Prize Picks community and the uh, in, in all the community stuff. You can take a look at the, um, the 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 specials leagues where you can combine like Travis Kelsey and LeBron James more or less than 10 and a half threes made and catches made between the two. Like it's just mad fun. So go check them out today, PrizePicks.com. 
slash locked on NFL or into the promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase to get a first deposit match up to $100. First deposit match up to $100 uh, over at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL promo code locked on NFL prize picks daily fantasy made easy. Let's get it. Who that Asian wrapping up today's episode, this bonus episode today. It's still, still going to end up going like the length of a usual episode. It's fine. Um, checking out the things that we didn't like from this game. And really, I've just got two things for you that I want to, that I really want to focus on. These aren't all encompassing. We've got five more shows before this week is out. So I'll get to some other stuff that we liked, some other stuff that we didn't like, how to adjust it, all that other stuff. But I want to focus on two big things that, that I, that we didn't like from this game. And the first of which is indeed the Derek Carr and Eric McCoy sort of sideline altercation, or not really sideline altercation, like literally like a back and forth heated exchange, we'll call it as they were coming off the field. The thing that's so concerning about this is that we've seen this from Derek Carr and Eric McCoy. We've seen this between Derek Carr and Pete Carmichael. We've seen something like this between Derek Carr and Chris Olave. We've seen sort of the the, the Michael Thomas deal, which I still think like uh, too much was made of the Michael Thomas thing, personally, in my opinion. And then you've got like Alvin Kamara talking about how the team doesn't have an identity. And then, you know, De- Dennis Allen clapping, not really clapping back, but like coming back after that, disagreeing with with Alvin Kamara. No, of course we have an identity. And then, you know, Colin Saunders talking about not being prepared for for games over on the defensive side or not necessarily not being prepared for games, but like scouting and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, we, we shared his comments here on the show before. Um uh, the, the, the just sort of like just the number of things permeating right now is a little bit concerning, concerning, and some of it is like bubbling up to the top and all that. And and look, this is all stuff that goes away when you start to win games, right? So the Saints won a game against the Carolina Panthers. If they play that same game next week against the New York Giants, they probably will lose, right? So you have to be able to come back from that. The thing that I think helped the New Orleans Saints so much is that their average starting field position in this game was their 43-yard line while Carolina's was within their own 25. That's a massive difference. Like when you're playing with, on average, half of the field already behind you, that gives you a big advantage. We saw the Saints do that um, you know, with the, uh, the, against the Green Bay Packers when they went 38-3 to or whatever that, that was. Like those types of games make a big difference. So I, I didn't like seeing what happened between Derek Carr and Eric McCoy in some circumstances or in some elements. And honestly, in other elements, I kind of dig it too, because last year we talked about how this team had no fight, had no fire, but there's some fight and fire for you there. You just, you'd rather not see it in fighting, right? You know, insular within the organization and stuff like that. So it kind of makes you wonder like, okay, well, what's happening between closed doors, behind closed doors and stuff like that. So if I'm the New Orleans Saints, and particularly if I'm Derek Carr, I'm looking at like, all right, these next four games, like I want to go out there and I want to win and I want to play some of the best football of my career over the course of these last four games, because that gives you an opportunity to stamp your ticket to the playoffs. Gives you an opportunity to take your, um, you know, the, take control of your destiny moving forward, take control of your own destiny and all that. But then also maybe kind of quiet some of the murmurs and the conversations that are kind of warranted right now. Like I get it. Like the Saints are saying everything's all good, ain't nothing to worry about. You know, nothing to see here. Please move along uh, and everything. But at the same time, like no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, like it, it's 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 a part of the story here for the season. Like it or not, it's a part of the story here for the season. But the story's not done being written, right? That's one That's one example, one little snippet of something that we saw. Got the got the cameras on them. Wish we had the microphones on them. It would have clarified a lot of things um, and all that. But mm, no, like not going to ignore it. Not going to make a huge deal out of it. Not going to make it out to be like, oh my God, the Saints are falling apart and they lost the locker room and there's division and everybody hates blah, blah, blah. But I'm not doing all that kind of stuff because come on. But like these are grown, these, these are grown people. But 
I am also not just going to sweep it under the rug and say it don't mean nothing because clearly it means something. Lastly, um, the New Orleans Saints offensive line and pass protection is just not good. Like it's not happening. And and it's I've seen the offensive line get a lot of credit for improving, and I'm still looking for where the improvement is. Like the issue for me with the New Orleans Saints offensive line so far is that it has been consistently porous, not poor, porous, open, right? And so for me, when I look at that defense or that offensive line, what, what, what makes me nervous about the offensive line is that there has been no level of improvement. Andrews Pete's been fine at left tackle. Ryan Ramchick's been good at, you know, better than good at right tackle. Eric McCoy has been outstanding. Still some interior stuff going on. But I will say this, they were awesome in the run game, especially early. Like they did what it was that I was hoping they were going to do, which is go out there and punch Carolina in the mouth. Boston Moreau, Lynn Bowden, they both those guys contributing big time as as run blockers as well, in in addition to other players. In in the run game, they set the tone right away to let you know, this is what we're doing here today. But in the passing game, still like turnstile situations sometimes, like they got beat a lot on the offensive line. And, And the thing that stinks about it so much is that the consistency of the porous play or the open play, um, has been there right around 26% or so really throughout the entire season. But then also 20% of snaps, I mean, passing snaps. But then also the situations are the same. The pressure on third downs, all these are things like these are pivotal moments where you don't need to let, like that's really where you don't want the pressure to come through, right? So the Saints on the defensive side gave up a few of those third and shorts. On, on the offensive side, they gave up pressure on third downs. These are critical. These are critical things that have to get adjusted. That's why like the game plan, if you were to take the game plan going into New York and you were to say, all right, well, if the New Orleans Saints just do an exact carbon copy of what they did against the Carolina Panthers, how will they fare? They lose. They lose to the New York Giants. They lose to the um, uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams. Like imagine that level of offensive line play against Aaron Donald in, in two weeks off a short week. Not great, right? Like a little bit concerning. So that's still something that I would love to see like greater improvement from, but we'll see how the New Orleans Saints end up kind of figuring all that out. It is still really interesting to me too that when Andrews Pete got hurt or, or had an equipment thing, whatever it was, and he had to come off the field for a few snaps against the Detroit Lions, they put Landon Young in at his place at left tackle, not Trevor Penning. That was still very telling to me about where where Trevor Penning must be in terms of development or or, or whatever. Like, is he really that far? Or, or is it a thing? And, and, and if he's that far behind, how much is he being hurt by not getting snaps right now and all that? Like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Like, I know that the Saints made the move at left tackle to try to improve their offensive line, but did they really improve their offensive line? I don't think you can convince me of that. Doesn't mean that I'm right. Doesn't mean that you're wrong. Doesn't mean that I'm wrong. Doesn't mean that you're right. I, I just can't be convinced with what I'm seeing so far that that's really what you want from your offensive line in pass protection, specifically in pass protection. I see the strides in the run game. Strides in the run game, Andrews Pete at left tackle, great. Everything's working there. Cesar Reese has been a dog in the run game, all that kind of stuff. But on the passing side, especially when you got your center and your quarterback arguing, like you see how these two things don't blend together very well, you know what I mean? It makes you kind of concerned about what's going to happen, you know, at, in a tough loss moving forward. Like if that was happening in a tough win, what happens in a tough loss moving forward after that, right? So I don't know. I, like that. That's why I look at it as like, uh, it, it ain't nothing to see here. Like there's something to see here, but they can still mitigate it moving forward. But winning games, there's your antidote. There's your antidote one way or another. 
All right, y'all, come up tomorrow. We're going to go even deeper. We're going to be taking a look at more things we like, more things we didn't like. We just won't frame it that way, but we'll be taking a look at the run game in particular. I'll, I'll highlight a little bit more about how, what I mean by they punched, you know, Carolina Panthers in the mouth and all that, things that you would like to see them continue to build upon the usage of Jimmy Graham. Why Jimmy Graham should never be inactive for the rest of the season. We'll highlight that and much more here throughout the rest of the week. I appreciate you so much. As always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day. And I thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure that you find me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you. And shout out to Charlie the Bug Man, by the way.